Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Miracle Larry podcast. I'm your host, Jack Cush. Of course, I'm joined by Larry Kelly. And today we have two friends. Requirements for this podcast were to be on Larry's um, frequent flyer, frequent caller list for the last 50 years. I'm joined by Tom and Danny. Larry, why don't you introduce our friends? Uh, okay, Jack. How are you, Jack? Good. Doing great. All right. Um, I, this podcast is going to be a little special because this uh, uh, the the two guys were, were were sort of stealing a little bit from uh, Jason Bateman's podcast where we have surprise guests and uh, uh, these are two of my dearest friends on the planet along with Jack. So I, I'm sitting here on a screen facing three of the people I'm closest to on the planet and uh, Tommy and Danny um, have their own stories of what they went through um, in the beginning of COVID. And that's what we're gonna concentrate on here. But this is uh, my dear friend, Tommy, and my dear friend, Danny. And uh, uh, you're gonna love them as much as I do. So uh, take it over, Jack, let's do it. You know, it's formidable to be in the room with these guys because really all you have to do is sit back and just watch. The words fly it is it's amazing so to have these guys here is just great i want to begin with kind of what we covered last week which is what were we doing leading up to the pandemic i actually looked over some notes and you know some texts that were flying between us all um in february and in march and you know back then um you know danny you were dealing with and uh your your son having an illness and dealing with that right. and i was dealing with my brother who had had a heart attack and Tommy was dealing with his stuff. So I want you guys to tell us what you were doing in the lead up, not knowing what was going to happen to Larry. That was a total surprise in March. But was where, where was your mindset as this COVID thing was was playing out? And, ha- and did it affect your life? And when did it? Tom, why don't you begin? Sure, Jack. So uh, I can remember in December of uh, 2019, uh, Danny, uh, Larry, and myself, and our significant others, we would always do a vacation every year. And we've been to some pretty cool places. You joined us in Austin that one year, Jack. And we had uh, reserved a pretty sweet little Airbnb in Key West, Florida. And it was, it was awesome. And as the news of COVID was starting, I think we all three of us agreed that, you know, it's probably not the greatest thing in the world to travel right now. So we we canceled that reservation. Plus, you were really sick at the time. Yeah. And I, and I was sick, I, really sick. I don't know what what I had, you know, it was pre-COVID, but and I've never had COVID, <laughs> but I was really out for like three weeks. It yeah, was really that, bad. That story comes up a lot, like prior <laughs> to COVID, people being really sick. This That's where I got it. Me what? Yeah. What? <laughs> what do you say? So anyway, um, after I retired, uh, did a lot of traveling, and we were I was we found that we were never in our house, so we sold our house and we moved into a uh, a condo, with the thought being that we could just lock it up and travel the globe and do what we want to do. And when we were doing that, that's when COVID started hitting, and I can remember texting Danny and Larry a few pictures of my new condo and that just led to you know a a text chain of the next three or four days talking back and forth 
And that's when Larry was coming down with COVID. And uh, I can remember over the last three or four days of that, a palpable difference in the tone of Larry's text as, how you feeling today, Kel? Um, I feel like crap. I just, it was just noticeably different, his tone and how he was uh, responding to Danny and me on that email. And then Katie bar the door, you know, the, the crap hit the fan and the rest of it, you know, we'll talk about, you know, I'm sure you're talking about it all through this podcast and whatnot, but that's what was going on in my life there, right during and before COVID hit. How about you, Dan? Yeah, well, in that December, right before it, I had been to New York uh, with my daughter, Kelly, and, uh, and Russ, and we had uh, spent some time with Larry, and my son came, got very ill. And so when I got back in January and February, we were, we were getting through this serious illness that he had. And the year prior to it, I had a very difficult time with some losses. So it was, a, it was a complicated time in my life, as most people have. You know, you live long enough, you have rough spots. And this was a rough spot, but it was, we were on the backside and coming through it. And February started to change. We were getting ready for, a, we were getting ready for our trip together. And, and then, the, the, you know, it, it started to leak out about this COVID thing. And at first, it was, you know, something that was far away. And, you know, it's in Italy. It's, it's you know, in other places in the world. And as it started to come closer, Larry was doing, Larry was doing a show in New Jersey then, I think. And, uh, and he was excited about that. And he was in very good spirits. And then March came and he, he got feeling bad. And we were in contact, like Tom said, and it started to get a little frightening because at first it was, I just don't feel so good. And, you know, he's had some bouts with things over the years and they come and go. And this was hanging in there and it, and it started to get more serious and it was getting more serious around him. Um, I had a plan for my sister to come out and visit. And I remember contacting her and say, you know, I know I got the ticket. I did all that, but I think you better stay. I, I don't want you traveling now. And then, you know, when Larry got taken into the hospital and, and Dawn called and said, you know, he's in the hospital and that it just uh, became a stark reality where I just, my first thought was, you know, I, I thought we're getting, I thought I was getting through this hard time and here we go. Like, what, what is this? And I just felt this heavy kind of weight, like, uh, I hope this isn't going to be something serious, but I didn't have any idea what was going to happen next, but it just felt very ominous at the time because of, of the circumstances. So, yeah. you know, it was a strange, it was a strange time leading up to it. And it was positive two months before, and then it just started to deteriorate quickly. Yeah, such is life. I mean, we you go through these hard things in your life and personal losses and stuff you deal with, and life gets good. You know, life it was good for Larry. He was he was in you know traveling, going to Florida, engaging in high risk acting in New Jersey, and Lord <laughs> knows what happened after that. Did um, we, uh, Dan, Tommy, did were we planning New Orleans then? Yes. No. I I think Tom. I think you. I think you're one year later, Tom. To be honest with you, we were we were. We were planning to go to New Orleans 
Well, that's right. It was New Orleans. Then. It yeah. was New Orleans because Tommy, because when COVID first started to come, Don sent a text and said, hey, I hear about this COVID thing. Do you guys, are we, should we be thinking about it? And Larry's text, which I had was, I'm going. Yeah, I remember. You know, that. I'm going to New Orleans. I think the thing once we got through the first year of COVID and we were all a little bit, and Larry was out of the hospital, that's when we planned to go to Florida, and we had to cancel okay. that because there was that, you know, they had the surgeons, that, like, the surgeons and so yeah. we stopped it. But yeah, we were going to New Orleans, and uh, because okay. you know we wanted to try that out. So anyway, um, yeah, COVID infected our memories too a little bit. Obviously, <laughs> oh, that, that, and, that another thing. Yeah, age has that, nothing to do with it. It's just... Yeah, right. No. Right. All right. So my my next question has to do with, um, you know, Larry quickly goes in the hospital. It's a it's like a gigantic slap in the face and, you know, stab to the stomach. And and we're really not sure how all this happened, um, but it plays out. It's months and months of uh, deep drama and heartache and worry um and then he survives and he's here today and we know he did what we didn't think was possible that he would walk out of the hospital and he'd walk out as larry as we know him meaning just as bright just as funny just as smart just as a uh, you know willing to go toe to toe on anything it's just unbelievable my question to you guys is why did he live i mean is he just too angry to die? Too mean to die? Too you just can't kill a cockroach? What? Or 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 you know was it? You know did it, did I am I responsible individually for his? No, I I don't know. But I I'm I'm asking a lot of people this question, including myself and Larry. But why do you guys think he lived? You said think. Well, we're not we still have doubts. <laughs> well, we think he's there, unless that's an AI. Um, <laughs> Unless I did die. I don't, I, you know, I don't know that there's, there's a definite answer to that. I mean, there was a lot of prayers. I, I mean, my feeling is um, it reconfirmed my, the power of prayer to me because I know everyone in my family, my distant family, everyone knows Larry. If they know me, they know Larry. Um, I'm talking about nieces and nephews, not just brothers and sisters. And there were so many people praying for him uh, um, that I just can't discount that um, because the circumstances were so dire that uh, for him to come back like he like he is is a miracle to me, and um, I I think that it was just so many people sending up prayers needing it i know personally my prayers were not um they were they were not directly at larry come back please help me it was how can i possibly deal with this how can i possibly face um the fact that larry might not come back i i just wasn't ready and i didn't know how i could manage it and my prayers were just please give me the grace to deal with this and if this is going to happen because the conversations that tommy and jack we were having they were getting worse and worse i mean i could tell from you know that, that you were trying to you, you didn't sugarcoat anything obviously but we always would say oh 
this is going on, that's going, and it was bad. It was all bad. You know, there was really not much bright spot except that Larry was still there and he wasn't supposed to be. And my own thought was, I just kept thinking of, I just kept thinking of watching him wrestle in high school and often he was getting pinned and struggling, <laughs> struggling to fight, to get to the end of the period. And that's all I kept thinking is that's what he's doing. He's, he's bridging, <laughs> he's fighting because it, it, and I just thought I, I have to fight along with him, but I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. And at that point, because Jack, you were giving us this information, I just really prayed for the strength to manage. Tom, what do you think? Um, a lot of the same thoughts as Danny. I would say twofold. I would say, I think Larry survived for, for two basic reasons. Number one, Danny alluded to, Larry is just a tough, tough guy. He won't back down to anybody when he gets his stander up. He's gritty, he's tough, and he was going to fight that however he could in his subconscious uh, when he was uh, in a coma for all those many days. And I had confidence in Larry. Other than that, um, I think it was faith. And, and let me expound on that a little bit. Uh, when I was talking, when Caroline and I were talking to Don, after like a day or two, I asked Don, gee, I mean, there's a lot of people, the mothers, which we might talk about in a little bit, that really ought to know about this because there's power in prayer. That's what I'm thinking inside. So I asked Dawn for permission. Can I let other people know what's going on in Larry's life health-wise so, so that we can get more people involved in praying? And she said, absolutely. So I can remember the, the text of the first email. It was muttered down. Larry needs your prayer. And I sent it out to all the mutters, of which I think there were 17 of us left. But uh, that quickly propagated to other, you know, them telling other people. And what became two people became 17, became 27, became 137, became thousands of people. And the reason I use the word faith, uh, the working definition of faith is a total dependence on God and a desire to do his will. And how most of us do that in times of trouble depend on God is through prayer. So we're showing our faith through praying to God. And I, I'm not convinced, I'm totally convinced the power of prayer of thousands of people praying for Larry Kelly um, is the reason Larry's here right now. I'm, my faith allows me to believe that, and I believe that with every fiber in my being. So he's a tough son of a gun, Jack. and the power of prayer. Thank you, Tom. Jack, can I, can I just throw something in here? Um, uh, both you guys, thank you. But uh, I think I agree with you. You're absolutely right. But I want to tell a little story. Um, Tommy brought up the mothers, which is uh, a group of guys from high school that have been close since high school. And we're well in our 60s, uh, on the short end of 70. Um, but um, Tommy in our group is our spiritual advisor. 
Tommy uh, is the only person I know who's read the Bible two dozen times, you know. Um, so if we have any questions, we ask Tommy. <laughs> and Tommy like, fills us in. So I want to tell this little story. And I, I wonder if Tommy and Danny remember it because it's it's really bizarre to me and mind-boggling. But six months before COVID and I got sick, um, we were our vacation that year was in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where Tommy lives. And uh, Tommy's wife, Carol Ann, had gotten tickets to, uh, um, in Pennsylvania, there's a show called Sight and Sound, which is the largest amphitheater um, that has production values that I say makes Broadway look like community theater. There's a uh, it's all based on religious themed shows. And there's, you know, 17 camels on stage and horses running down the aisles and more goats and chickens than you ever saw. And so Carol Ann got tickets for us. And we sat in the first row um, in a mezzanine. We had great seats. And uh, the mezzanine was on the same level, just it was the second tier. Um, and I was sitting, there were six of us, and I was sitting all the way on the right. And Tommy was sitting all the way on the left and everybody else was in between. So the story that we're watching is Jesus. And uh, all of a sudden, this story of Lazarus comes up. And uh, I, I, I had never heard of Lazarus. I'm not as well versed in the Bible as Tommy is. So at intermission, I had leaned and you know I said to Tommy, because Lazarus rose from the dead. And I said, Tommy, what's with this Lazarus guy? You know, the, uh, you know, I thought Jesus was the only one that rose from the dead. And Tommy um, explained to me how Lazarus rose. Uh, uh, Jesus actually rose Lazarus from the dead. So that was then. And then, Dan, tell what happened to you that you told me about yeah. the day before Easter when I opened my eyes. Okay, so call me on the phone to tell me the story. So, yeah, let me. This is this is why my faith and prayer is reaffirmed. Okay, not not challenged, reaffirmed. So I was taking walks. Everybody was doing something when Larry was in this. You know, we're fighting this uh, pandemic. Larry's fighting for his life, and everybody's doing whatever they have to do to try to keep sane. And I kind of live out in the country, so I'm not around a lot of people, so I can go outside. You know, I wasn't afraid to be outside. And I was taking walks all the time and <clears throat> thinking about what was going on and trying to figure out how to manage. So we had a particularly bad conference call with Jack and Tommy um, in the days prior to Easter. I might have been on Thursday and um, things looked very bad for Larry. And um, we were really at that point waiting for the next shoe to drop and the final end to come. So Good Friday, I'm taking a walk. I say to my wife, Marie, I'm going to go out for a walk. And she knows I'm very upset. So I'm walking and I'm thinking, please, please, I don't think I can handle losing my best friend at this time and the thought that comes into my head at that moment is Lazarus now you know I don't walk around thinking about bible stories 
Okay. When I say I have a strong faith and I pray, I do, but I don't think like that. It doesn't happen to me. It hit me like a lightning bolt. And at that moment, I was about two miles away from my house. I knew Larry was going to get through this. I walked home. I told Marie and I called Jack. To, I was absolutely convinced Larry was going to be okay. And Jack said, wow. Um, you, know, you know, he's on one hand, he's, he knows I'm not a fanatic <laughs> and he's telling me, okay, Dan, uh, that's very powerful. On the other hand, he's a doctor and he knows what he just heard and he's talking to the doctors, but his face changed too, because this is powerful. And, you know, Sunday morning, Easter Sunday, I got a call and Larry opened his eyes and, um, that's about as strong a sign and a, a confirmation of the power of prayer as I've ever had in my life. And um, it gives me hope in these troubled times. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when, when Danny called me, I, we had a long phone call and usually I walk around in my living room and dining room and, I'm, and ultimately I'm sitting down. It's kind of dusk in Dallas. And, I, and he tells me this Lazarus story and I'm like, wow. And, and like, like Larry, I don't know the full story. So I immediately get out the Bible and I immediately read the Lazarus story. And yeah, I'm confused because everything we had heard in the last five days is just bad. He's going to die. He's got no chance. And, but we were also changing our prayers to, we got to pray big. He's going to live and he's going to be Larry, but did you really believe it? And then Danny comes up with the Lazarus story. And the next thing I know, I'm banging my fist on the dining room table yelling larry come out which is you know that's what jesus says he says lazarus come out and that's how he rises from the dead and uh yeah i was gonna say jack you actually had a story about on the, the high school steps saying larry come out, larry, yeah. come out which yeah. is, which and tommy's the one that told us about the lazarus story. i had never heard of it until we're so, so this gets this gets better so <clears throat> the hero of the miracle of Lazarus isn't Lazarus and, and it isn't Jesus. It's Lazarus' two sisters, Mary and Martha, who had enough faith to go to Jesus and beg him to raise their brother from the dead. And he was so torn up, Jesus, with their utter faith and belief in God. And this was four days after Lazarus passed away that he went to Bethany and he raised him from the dead. So really, the faith champions of that whole Lazarus story are Mary and Martha and their, and their faith in God. And I told uh, you he was our spiritual advisor. Yeah. I told you. He, he can recite that Bible backwards. But that's got a parallel to the story. Meaning it, it does. With, we have, with we, all we the faith the, we, we demonstrated. Right. right, thousands we were, of people. We were in the information sharing yeah. this, and we were sharing big messages. Yeah. And and you know, we didn't all get everybody got faith. You know, all of us that followed Larry got a lot of faith during this story, uh, and not and, and before he turned had his turnaround. Meaning, that's where it was actually in play. 
And that's where I think it had its greatest impact. Obviously, it gets enriched and and fortified by what actually happened when he opens his eyes on Easter Sunday. Jack, and, and jump ahead to when I actually did go home on July 22nd, and I was being wheeled down Amsterdam Avenue on the way to my house. Most of my neighbors from my building were gathered. There, there, was, there were people that were coming with me down Amsterdam, but when we got to my building, all the people in my building were outside, out front, and uh, they're screaming, Lazarus, Lazarus, which is making me think yeah. of Danny, what Danny's telling me. It's making me think of Tommy and Lancaster. There is, my, my story is a parable to, to Lazarus, no, no doubt. That was a great day. I mean, we were watching that live on, on the TV. I think your brother Danny was... Uh, crying like babies watching that that was a <laughs> great great day you know let me let me say one thing you know we were talking about the mudas and um i thought a lot about it because you know tommy was sending out messages to them and everybody was answering and you know the thing about the mudas that was such a unique thing was there was a couple of things that made you a mother um it wasn't just being in organized sports together. That was one of the ways we hung out, but it was how we were so competitive in everything that we did. I mean, it could be anything. It could be throwing bottle caps somewhere. And all of us were like that. There was two, there was two traits that everybody that's a, that is in this group that Amada has. One of them is unbelievable competitiveness. And the other one is tremendous loyalty. And no matter what happened with the Muddas, and we had our battles um, in, in <laughs> internal, <laughs> um, but whenever we came up against any adversarial type affair, whether it was on an athletic field or anywhere, you could count on the Muddas, yeah. no matter what. And I mean, and so this was another sign where you could count on them. You let them know there's a problem. They're there. And uh, it just follows through for 50 years after. You know, we've been through a lot of things together, a lot of hard times. And I think that helps cement it. You know, it wasn't it wasn't just our successes. It was it was losing and watch and being there with somebody that's trying till the end. And we Absolutely. don't make it, you know. Uh, we learned a lot in our losses. We cried together and we, we had, we had losses with our, with people that passed away at a young age. We were all together at funerals at 19 years old. And I think that cemented something in the mudas that uh, is still there today. And when, when we knew that Larry, one of the guys that made everybody laugh, I guess one of the other traits of the mudas is we laugh all the time. Uh, we're always, we're, when we get together, if we don't see each other for years, it, the first thing that happens yeah. is we start laughing. I mean, it, it, that's why everybody likes it so much. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was it was just an important, important thing. And when Tommy was sending those messages and everybody was responding, um, there was it was very powerful. Very powerful. Tommy, go ahead. So, you know, we talk about the mutters. I have a little mutters trivia for people. I said before, 22, and the reason I say 22, what I'm about to show you guys is actually 52 years old. 
And it was made by Bob Neugebauer in a printing class. And this is before contact directories in your iPhones. I still have this in my wallet. It's dog-eared. But it's the names and phone numbers of the 22 founding fathers of the mother. <laughs> so, Jack, 567-6102. That was your phone number. And also what's unique about that. You got to say 555. Tell you were LT96595. <laughs> Danny, I apologize. The last two numbers are worn out, but you were LT96253, nice. maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I take it the last number. But that's the original. <laughs> and then I added Phil Ardito, and in the back, I had the Wharf telephone number on it. <laughs> the Wharf, our favorite bar, <laughs> sure. Trivia question two. What were we called before the Muddits and why? The Royal Muddits? You can't, close, there's one Little word Muddits. missing. Junior. Oh, Junior. Yeah, Little close. Because of You Pika can probably Stanley. talk to Jay or Woody. I would say they're the historians of the Muddits, but a lot of us had older brothers that were in the original Muddits. I think Bump Holtz was in that. But ask Jay. Or Woody, I think we were the Royal Junior Motors before we were ever the Motors. Yeah, because of Willie's brother Pete. Bumpold. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and, and the the play I wrote that that got published in my thanks. One of one of the things I thank is the order of the Royal Motors. <laughs> the order. Yeah. <laughs> I saw. <it. laughs> so I want, I, along the same vein of the Motors, the Motors were the the vectors of information. But, you know, the, the information network really starts right here. And if we replace Larry's picture and presence on this podcast with Larry's wife, these were the people that were very much involved. So, I mean, we all found out about what happened through uh, Dawn and, and then we all interjected ourselves into the story. And then I was getting um, daily, every other day reports from the, the hospital staff about, and, and like you said, Danny, the, the, all, all the messages I sent to you guys were the same. The good news is he's still alive, but there's plenty of other bad news. And, you know, whether it was seizures or brain edema or, you know, sepsis or pneumonia or whatever, you know, it just it never really got very good. But mm -hmm. the, I just wanted to quickly say my, the info stream was some, I'd get information, I'd call and talk to Larry's family, and then I would talk to either Danny for solace and Tommy, um, to help spread the word. Tommy is really good at making sure other people know, but we all had our own networks of spreading information. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was something else, but you know, and the funny thing is it's not even just these friends. I mean, I have, I have nieces and nephews that were praying for Larry, you know, that Larry, Larry knew everybody in my family um, from weddings and times. And so, that it stretched out, like Tommy said, to thousands of people, no doubt. That's a yeah, very I, powerful I, thing. I, I look back, the, the, you know, there was a lot of news coverage, and I, every now and then, every now and then, daily, no, not daily, that's a lie. I look back and saw the news coverage. And uh, I actually, uh, on that, the, the end of that tape of my um, exit from the, the rehab center, um, I do credit everybody I, i'm totally convinced that there was an energy at play um and we can call that god we can call that friendship we can call that 
um, anything, but there was, I know that there was something with me. And um, Jack and I will get into that later in the podcast, but uh, the, uh, the, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, medicine and something else is responsible for me being here. And uh, yeah, I, well, I, well, let's end I with, can't even explain it. I let's can't. end with um, each of you, Tom and Danny, telling something about what happened after Larry got out of the hospital. I'll suggest, and Larry, you can comment on this too, but we got around to Thanksgiving and we had a Zoom call. By then we were all ex experts at Zoom and uh, we had a Zoom call with, there must have been 15, 16 mothers on the call. Larry, what do you remember about that call? Uh, the, uh, we had a call? No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, that was, well, that was our first all get together and it was on Zoom and um, I don't know who organized that, but it was, uh, it was, it was incredibly moving, Jack. I, you know, um, the, uh, you know, I, this, there were some people on there, I, you know, I, I'm in a very strange position where, you know, I, I'm one of the few people that know who's alive, who knows what people would say about him if he was dead. Um, you know, because right. all, all the good things people said about me is because they all thought, ah, he's, he's going to die. So I, mean, I, I got all the good stuff. So I you're a to, modern day. George I have to Bailey. live with that. Say it again. <laughs> you're Say a modern again. day George Bailey. <laughs> right. Look, yeah. I, it's become my favorite movie, which is really weird. But it always was right. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I tease Jan, who wrote the article for The Times that, uh, I'm the only person who who has read his obituary in the Times, who has read his obituary in the Times, you know. Um, so and and so that Zoom with all the mothers is is all part of the surrealness to me of, you know, what, what I have to deal with. Um, I can never thank you guys enough. And I don't yeah, I, I can't. And uh, but you know, I, I carry that with me, that 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 gratefulness and that thankfulness, but I carry it with me every day. Thea. Like like George Bailey, Larry, you're a very rich man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, I I, I spoke at a, some gala, um, and at the and uh, you know, I actually said that uh, and, um, what the I what the, I, oh my god, I just I just lost it. But uh, um, oh, I forgot. George Bailey. It'll come back. Uh, Danny, tell something about it. Larry, get out of the hospital. Well, <laughs> you know, it, to me, it was it. It was just such. It was such a. I was elated. I don't even know how to even explain. You know that when he when he walked out, like Tommy said, when we were Danny Kelly, his brother was filming this live, and I'm watching it, and I, I have I was so emotional. I mean, you know, as you get older, you get emotional anyway. But this is it's ridiculous at this point. You know, I was I just couldn't believe how ecstatic I was to see him, um, and I knew, you know, I just knew I knew it was the beginning of a long, you know, rehab period. But I just felt such tremendous relief. That's I, I guess that's all because I knew no matter what 
condition Larry was in, that thing that burned inside him was still there. And for me, um, that was all I needed. Uh, I just was happy. I was, I, I, you know, it seems simple, but it's a big deal. <laughs> I was, um, I was very happy and um, I just couldn't wait to see him. I couldn't wait to see him in person. And it was going to turn out to be quite a while before I could, but uh, because we had some plans and then COVID came back and I couldn't fly and it was frustrating. But when we started, you know, we would pretty regularly do a, you know, FaceTime or a Zoom call. And every time it would cut his face. And even now when his face comes on, it makes me laugh. I mean, I mean, it kind of always did, but it really does now. It's just like when that face hits the screen, I start laughing. And that's the way we start. And that's the way it continued for me. Mm -hmm. So Danny, you, it's one thing to hear or read um, about your dreams coming true, Larry living, but then to watch him walk out of that hospital, right. which was our prayer. Right. It was just crushing and unbelievable. Tommy, yeah. let's say. Well, uh, later in that year, 2020, uh, COVID was still hanging around, but uh, Caroline and, and Don and Larry decided to heck with it. And so we drove in to Manhattan from Lancaster and we just swooped in and picked up Don and Larry. I was just we going to tell that story, Tommy. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I'm we just... went up to an Airbnb up uh, by Woodstock, New York, and we were right on the Hudson River. And in fact, right over my shoulder right there, that middle picture is a picture that Don took of Larry and me hugging in the foyer of his apartment building that day. And it's a it's just a prized picture that I have. But a better picture that I like, and I sent it to Larry a week or so ago. I was going through my camera roll. Larry was recovering, but he still had a, a lot to do on the rehab station when we went on this trip. So I think it was the second day. Larry's lying on the couch of this beautiful living room in his Airbnb. And he's lying on his back. And I say, Larry, smile. And he smiles and he puts his thumb up. And the smile on his face and just the look on his face, he looked to be about 15 years old in this picture. Whenever I scroll through my photos, I look at that picture now and it just, it gives me joy. So we had a good three or four days and it was right before Thanksgiving. It was mid-October. We, we had a Thanksgiving dinner that Carolyn and Don made. And uh, it, was, it was a great way to reconnect uh, with Larry and Don and, and try to get through this whole COVID thing. You know, Jack, thanks, Tommy. And I was just, just going to talk about that trip. So I have to shift gears. Uh, Jack, Jack. Just going back to my release and that day that you're talking about, I do have to tell, and I may have already told this in a podcast, but uh, I, I do have to tell that Dawn had called me two days. I knew I was going home on the 22nd or I was getting released on the 22nd. And um, at that point, I had only, in terms of rehab, when I went home, I had only, the most I had taken was seven steps with the walker. Um, my, my left side still didn't work that well from the waist up. Um, so, but they, they sent me home and, you know, I fought, I said, I don't think I'm ready. I, I, I got, I got to do some more work before, because I thought 
there's so much that has to be attended to me, you know. Um, but Don called um, two days before I was getting released. And, uh, you know, because my brother was saying people were going to come to the release. You know, and, and I said to Don, you think anybody's going to be there? And she said, I don't know. Danny says so. I, I guess so, you know. So I get wheeled. And I guess I guess a crowd started forming outside the rehab center because the staff of the rehab center was now following me to the front door because of something was going on outside. It was like, whoa, when? But when I get to the glass, and I always tell this story is that, you know, um, I look outside and there's like four TV cameras, there's a documentary crew, there's about 150 people waving signs and wearing masks that say Miracolarium, you know, and I always say that that's the day that, you know, Larry Kelly um, had another alter ego that was Miracle Larry. But when I got to the glass, I'm in the wheelchair. And I turned to Lane, who was my occupational therapist. She's on my right. And my speech therapist is on the left. And uh, I said, Lane, I said, give, give me the cane. I want to walk out. She says, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. She goes, and I said, no, it's okay. Just give me the cane. I'll walk out. I'll sit in a chair as soon as I get outside. She says, no, 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 no. You know, I, I said, and I said this, and it's amazing to me. I said, I have to show them that I'm trying. I have to show. So that that walking out was made 10 seconds before I actually walked out. The decision to walk out. I said, and I walked out and I sat in the chair. And when I walked out, I hear my brother and people screaming, he's walking, he's walking. It's like Tiny Tim. It's like Tiny <laughs> Tim in a Christmas carol. <laughs> he's walking, he's walking. The, uh, so anyway, the uh, I have to tell that story because that's a, uh, it was a that was a very weird day. how you think about these theatrical things in these moments is right. what makes you larry <laughs> Man, the fact that the biggest thing is that i opened my eyes on easter any yeah. other day and there's you no think? story this is no story. i couldn't have written that any better i was like all right folks i want to thank tom and and danny and and tiny tim i mean big larry um for a great um review of of uh, some great moments that have gone on recently so and i do uh, want to say jack that uh you know danny and tommy and you your your relationship to me and what you went through with me i do have to reiterate that uh so many people went through very similar things around the country that was a uh, uh covid wasn't just our story it was it was nationwide and uh, you know many people lost people and uh you know you guys could have lost somebody you knew but it didn't work out that way but many people did and you know i think we do this podcast and and any speaking that i do i think i speak for uh, uh you know, the millions that have died and uh, you know i i really believe that that um that that's why i'm doing this and what i do what i do is that just you know it's something that happened in our lifetime that we never thought was going to happen. And uh, it may happen again. If we don't learn from what happened before, well, I, I think we may see one, another one in our lifetime. I mean, thing, things, germs are everywhere nowadays. And uh, so anyway, um, thank you, guys. I, I love you all. You know that. And uh, keep the faith. It's all good. Keep the faith. Love Absolutely. you. Good day, mates. Take care, guys. Cheers, boys.